0: Losing is part of the wrestling business. Everyone has to do it at some point. No worker can stroll through the industry forever without at least one mark in the L column, and convincing independent contractors to do business or see things a certain way must be one of the bigger challenges. Facing promoters with that in mind, I'm Adam Wilborn from What Culture, and these are ten unique ways wrestlers were convinced to lose matches. Number ten: Warrior wants to sell comic books. The Ultimate Warrior was a weird bloke, to say the least. Eric Bischoff once revealed on his 83-week show that initial discussions with the man were less about actually wrestling and more about potential opportunities. Basically, Warrior wanted assurances that he'd be able to promote and sell is comic books. Losing to Hulk Hogan, yeah, that wasn't a problem. The old WrestleMania six rivals would go on to have one of the worst rematches in wrestling history at WCW's Halloween Havoc 1998 pay-per-view. Warrior, yeah, he didn't give a toss about that. The guy just wanted to know that merch items would be available at the table. In the end, selling comic books was more important to Warrior than wrestling matches for WCW. Bloody showed. Number 9. JBL does the right thing. Originally, JBL was scheduled to beat Chavo Guerrero on the 18th of November 2005 edition of SmackDown. The show, which was an emotional haze for everyone backstage, was quickly rewritten to reflect the sad passing of Chavo's uncle Eddie on the 13th of November. Later that same night, WWE Tate smackdown sensing the chance to do the right thing though layfield lobbied long and hard to get the booking changed so that charvo would go over instead guerrero himself has recalled knocking back jbl's offer but the big cowboy was having none of it he had a ton of respect for charvo's family loved eddie and wanted to put his nephew over jbl was swayed by the sense of occasion. He knew that giving Chavo the chance to honour his fallen family post-match would be nice for the Guerreros and that would have been next to impossible had he won the match. In a way, JBL convinced himself to lose. Fair play, number eight. British Bulldogs rematch in Manchester. Davey Boy Smith proudly stated during the build towards the WWF's One Night Only UK special that he'd defend the European title for his terminally ill sister Tracy. Shawn Michaels, who was gathering steam as the leader of Ultra Cool Rebels, Degeneration X, he was having none of that. He went over. The show ended with heel domination, and poor Davey's sister. Cried. Behind the scenes, Smith had been promised a rematch in his native Lancashire. That, apparently, would be his grand moment instead. Bulldog would avenge the Birmingham loss and do his sister proud in the end. Sadly, that rematch never happened. The company did reference Davies' pent up rage at Rebellion 1999 a few years later by having him storm into Vince McMahon's office and demand a title shot, but this paper thin way of remembering the politics that cost Bulldog's family a heartfelt moment was an solch you might as well have flipped him the bird and tell him to go oh yeah they did Number 7. Bret Hart's elusive Hulk Hogan promise Bruce Pritchard blows a gasket on his podcast whenever co-host Conrad Thompson alleges that the WWF lost faith in Bret Hart as world champion in 1993. Truthfully though, Pritchard fails to properly explain why Hart was pushed aside so that Hulk Hogan could have another ego trip at WrestleMania 9. According to Bruce, the company had to capitalise on Hogan's short window stay and they have been impressed by Yoko Zuna's performances since winning the Royal Rumble too. That does not justify lying to Brett about a bumper showdown with Hulk though at SummerSlam in August. Hart and Hogan even shot promo picks for the posters months before that pay-per-view. Brett might have fought harder against the Yoko loss in Las Vegas had he known the Hulk wouldn't do business with him at SummerSlam. The Hulkster decided to drop the WWF title back to Yokozuna at King of the Ring and Brett was shunted into a lower a tear-feud opposite Jerry Lawler. Instead, the big carrot dangled in front of him turned out to be a con. Number six, Jeff Jarrett gets old payoffs settled. Jeff Jarrett, who was about to bolt for WCW, famously held up Vince McMahon for more money before doing the honors for China. That, so says Jeff though, isn't the full story. He revealed on his My World podcast that the WWF actually owed him back pay for prior events, and he was only worried that he wouldn't get them if both parties didn't settle business. That night, Jim Ross had crunched the numbers and come up with a $150,000 figure, but JARRETT thought it was closer to the $300,000 mark. Eventually, after a lot of back and forth and some concern that he wouldn't get the Intercontinental title match in the ring, Vince McMahon came to Jeff's dressing room and begrudgingly handed him a big fat. In other words, Jarrett was finally convinced to do the job for China after receiving unpaid wages. That is pretty unique in my book. Number 5. If it wasn't in Canada Yes, it's here. Yes, it's been exhaustively covered. Yes, it does still fit the unique criteria. Bret Hart obviously didn't know that he'd be screwed over at Survivor Series 1997. In fact, the Hitman was going into this match with Shawn Michaels and preparing for a car crash finish that would lead to a rematch down the road. Then hopefully Brett would be willing to drop the title, just not in Canada. This is overstated as the one key part in a toxic spiderweb of a story. Hart didn't fancy doing the job anywhere since Michaels outright refused to do the same thing in a hypothetical scenario to his face. The Survivor Series was held in Montreal merely compounded the issue. Nonetheless, Vince McMahon had to deal with the fact that Hart point blank refused to lose the WWF title in his native homeland. That kind of demand had never really been made before, at least not to Vince, and nobody was quite sure how they were going to get the belt off Bret before he left for WCW. Long story short, McMahon convinced Bret to lose the title in a vaguely defined way when they returned to the United States. All looked rosy until the infamous screw job happened, heart socked Vince in the mouth, and the wrestling world wouldn't shut up about Montreal. I realise I'm just added to that now. Sorry. Number 4. The follow-up that was never coming. Shawn Michaels wasn't the same egotistical nightmare he'd been in the 90s by 2005, but he still had his moments. Before SummerSlam, HBK suddenly turned heel so Hulk Hogan could pretend it was the 80s all over again and play heroic babyface. That concession was largely fine by Shawn if the pair were going to have a series of matches and if Hulk would put him over at least once. Everyone seemed to be on the same page. WWE had a dream match to help sell the biggest event of the summer and hope. Hogan would get the first win, then Michaels would gain some measure of revenge in a rematch. Yeah, the rematch was never actually coming. That's not gonna work for me, brother. Hulk suddenly developed a bad back and Bruce Prichard has revealed that Vince McMahon got cold feet on a three-match series anyway. Basically, everyone but Shawn knew that SummerSlam was a one-and-done situation. He may not have jobbed in the main event had he known that. Although, the way he acted tells me he kind of already did. Number 3. WWE Cancels Kurt Angle's Fat Contract Kurt Angle openly admits he didn't have a sodding clue how pro wrestling worked when he met the WWF to thrash out a deal shortly after winning the Olympics in 1996. He said via his podcast that he told an astounded Vinnie Mac and Jim Ross that he couldn't lose any matches. You won a gold medal with a broken freaking neck, don't you know? McMahon, realising that things weren't going to work out as he'd hoped, immediately cancelled contract negotiations and sent Angle packing. Three years later, Kurt had learned a bit more about the way the business worked and tried again, but this time there was no juicy deal waiting for him, Angle will have to work his way up from the bottom. The WWF taught Kurt a lesson by sending him away empty-handed, and then they taught him another one by promising nothing but opportunities if he worked hard enough and earned. His stripes on the lowest rung of the company ladder. They convinced him to lose by instilling some humility. Number 2, Mill Mascaras is allowed to job himself. Bruce Pritchard once said that Mill scoffed when officials told him he had to be thrown over the top rope at the 1997 Royal Rumble. No pins, no submissions, no over the top eliminations, no jobs for Mill. Mascaras wouldn't let somebody grab him and toss him out of the Rumble, so rather hilariously, the masked man eliminated himself by performing a crossbody from the top turnbuckle to the outside for Well, no real reason at all. That is when WWF refs stopped him from getting back inside the ring for more Rumble action. That is the only way Mill would do business. He couldn't fathom why anybody would want to beat him on TV. And he definitely wasn't going to let it happen on his watch. Number one, Paul Varilance is offered oral sex. Yep, you're hearing that correctly, although it is important to note that this is a rumour, albeit one pushed by none other than Missy Hyatt in her First Lady of Wrestling book. She claimed that ex-UFC fighter Paul Ola Bear Varilands was teased with the prospect of oral sex if he agreed to lose a fixed fight to Taz at ECW's Hardcore Heaven event. Varilands had disputed this story in various shoot interviews over the years before his untimely passing earlier this year, but it's curious that Missy included such a tale in her autobiography. It's possible that this was an inside joke taken too far or that Paul was flirting with Hyatt and things got ridiculous. Look, there is obviously no way... ECW could have solicited sexual acts into any match contract. Maybe Missy was wrong, was just looking for another salacious story for her book, or maybe the men involved in the carny days of wrestling really were a bit rank. Since Heyman was heavily rumoured to have suggested it, that last guess is probably it. For the record, Barrowlands did lose on ECW's show, only those there know what happened backstage after that.